What's up, friends? I'm back. Yes, there were a few fears that maybe Fields and Friends was gone with the uh, um, <laughs> addition of Sus Bros, but uh, fear not. Um, it's still here. So, yeah, so uh, to start the new year, um, I've decided to bring uh, my next special guest, Jamison Huyen. How you going, mate? Yeah, good. How are you? Yeah, I'm great, mate. Thanks for agreeing to come on, especially uh, for this new year and new episode. My pleasure. Thanks for yeah. having me. Gosh. Yeah. I know everyone keeps talking about it when like they go on, but it's the equipment's pretty pro. Is it? <laughs> it do it reminds me of like when people uh when people like, get the Oscar, they're like, This is really heavy. Or and oh, really? so, Yeah. And then the other day I went to this cafe or this bar and they had an Aria award. Yeah. It was just some random like the local guy's Aria award. Lol. And he has it. And I lifted it, I'm like, Oh, it's actually heavy. Is that heavy? Yeah. yeah, yeah. So, you know. It's kind of like in real life, like, oh, this is really pro. Yeah, yeah, there you go. Everyone who comes, they're like, what the heck? Like, this is not what I expected because I don't really take photos or anything. So no one really knows yeah, what it looks like. So It's quite a privilege to see what yeah. it looks like. Yeah. yeah. Yeah, I like to keep it discreet. But um, yeah. Anyways. All right, James, let's let's get sh- straight into this. Let's start off by explaining um, the first time we met. Do you remember? Because um, it's pretty interesting. I-, I just have this picture in my head for some reason. Um, and um, okay. hopefully it's the same picture that you have as well. Was that at church? Yeah, it was. Okay, yeah, I remember. Yeah, was, you remember? When we watched The, the Prince of Egypt. That okay, time. I don't remember that. You don't remember, I think that's the memory you don't But yes, but it was when I, and then Golam, who was like our Sunday school teacher, yeah. asked me to pray on my first day. <laughs> and I, like, I grew, like, we went to a Catholic school, so prayers were always set, you know, yeah. it said Our Father, Holy, like, you know, Holy Mary. But then she asked me to, like, just go like solo free pray and i was yeah. like really awkward i can't remember what i said but it was really like yeah and that was me that was the is that when we first met yeah, yeah pretty sure yeah when you came to our church for the first time yeah because yeah. that's what i remember yeah i think we probably passed each other like we went to, so phil and i went to primary school together oh yeah so we probably passed each other at school but yeah yeah you were was, two years above so and it was a big school yeah so, yeah. yeah so yeah we we met back in uh you were 12 and I was 10, so 2000... Uh, uh, yeah, it was in 2005. Yes. Yeah, so it's been... It's 15... Uh, 15, 16 years. 16 years, this is. Yeah, yeah. yeah. More than half of our lives. Um, True, wow. Which is crazy. Yeah, yeah, it is crazy. I never thought about that. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, and I guess since then, it's... Wow, 16 years has passed. I just can't believe that. Um, wow. Yeah. And I think, yeah, we've been good friends since then. I think, or well, especially since I started year seven and then you were, because we went to the same high school. Yeah. We yeah. went to Lighthouse Christian College together. Um, you were two years above and then, um, yeah. And then it just continued from there. Mm. Um, crazy times. Well, I'm glad you remember because sometimes when my other friends come on, we just have completely different memories. So that's good. It's a good start. I think we're on the same page. Uh, but I get, I guess it's like, I do have stalker memory though. Like, oh really? Do you know how? That, like, I think your memory is pretty good as well. I think out of the group, your you, uh, Mel and I have really good memories. Yeah. And then Nancy's like doesn't remember anything, yeah. so she's like, <laughs> but yeah, it's a bit of a struggle for her, especially from last week. Even, <laughs> but um, so moving on, um, yeah, so you know, obviously we've known each other for a while, um, and it's quite interesting because you've always been that. Because well, I'm the oldest in my family and like for you, since you're two years older than me, you've always been that older figure um, that's always helped me with important life events. Um, I don't know if you actually remembered all this, but like w- when I started like planning this podcast, I was like, dang, like he actually like, <laughs> it's crazy how much things oh, yeah, yeah. you helped me with. And obviously because I come from second generation family, Vietnamese yeah. Asian parents, you know, you helped me get my first debit card. I was just wondering, I was wondering if yeah. you remembered that when you, when my mom, like, I think my mom picked you up and we're like, and your mom's like, are you sure you want to open your bank, own bank account? And I'm like, yes, you do. Yeah, it was because I was about to start my first job and I was like, no, it was either that or for work experience. I'm, I'm not 100% sure, but I n- needed to get an account and I was just like, bro, I have no idea how to do this. Um, yeah. So then I asked you and you, you helped me walk down to the local Westpac branch in Springvale. You're still with Westpac, aren't you? Yeah. Still Good old um, 733084BSB number. Yes. That's uh, it. That's the one, right? 
And do you remember how you used to like, how you used to borrow, because you didn't have your own card. Like you have to buy, when you used to buy stuff off eBay. Oh, really? You have to borrow my PayPal. Oh, well, well, I didn't list that down, but yep. Just add that to the long list of things. Good times. um, Yeah. And there's that. And um, I'm pretty sure you've helped me with a few of my first jobs as well, because my first official job was at Macca's. Um, yes. And you worked at Macca's for over a year, right? Yeah. Almost two years. Yes, or... I worked there two years before you. Yeah. 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 So I helped you. Yeah, because I was like, dude, like, w- what the heck is an interview sort of thing, you know? Um, yeah, I actually did quite well and then I managed to land that job. Um, yeah. And then, but I left due to cultural issues. <laughs> <laughs> was it actually cultural, cultural issues? Oh, it was just... Yeah, flat out racism. Um, was it actually? Yeah. <laughs> were you, they were actually racist towards you. Yeah, I'm pretty sure one of the managers. He, yeah, <laughs> I should have reported him back then. But like, obviously, I was like too scared to. It like now when I think about it, it's quite funny because it's happened to me. But obviously, for other people, it, it's 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 yeah. not a good thing. And I'm I'm hopefully Mac has has fixed that up. But yeah, I had toxic um managers. I ha- I had no idea because I remember. Because it was, so we grew up in Springvale, Phil and I. Yeah. So, but we didn't work. We both didn't work at the Springvale. No, no. Yeah, because, I was like, Hell no. Because it had a lot of people we went to primary school yeah. with, which which is fine. But we we just wanted to branch away. Yeah, that's it. Yeah. But I think I would have been different if I worked at Springvale Mackers because because really? I used to like all hang out together and like, you know, they used to like go out and drink and I was like this Christian boy in year ten and I was yeah. like, oh, I can't drink oh, alcohol. Yeah. And then, yeah. So I think that would have been interesting. I think it w- I think it would have been interesting if you were there because you, you had friends. From yeah, it's school. quite interesting. Yeah, but I went to a completely different place. I went down to Chelsea Chelsea Heights, which is white area. Um, but it's quite interesting because it was only like ten minutes down the road from where I lived. But you know, mm. it was just out of Springwell, so there was a lot of white people there because it was near the beach and everything. So, well, had you moved to Casey by then? No, not yet. I'm yeah. in year uh, towards the end of year ten, so no, not yet. Because yeah. I was working there in year nine. Oh, you know. So I was yeah, still yeah. in Springville back then, but um, yeah. So I took the bus and everything, but yeah, it was um racism. Yeah, no. it was wild. Um, shout out to Macca's. <laughs> shout out to Macca's. Hopefully, the people and culture departments improved. Hopefully, hopefully, <laughs> yeah. Especially with everything going on in the recent times, but um, yeah. And then after my issues, I <laughs> I decided to move on and um. I worked at City Beach as well. And I also asked you for advice because you also worked at a surf slash uh, skate skate wear sort of store that was Jetty Surf. Yeah, I just realized that we actually had the kind of very similar first two jobs. I think it's a coincidence because... Yeah. Yeah, like, I don't know. The way I applied for was really random. It was like Dandenong in City Beach. So it's, it's like, I doubt everyone here would know what it is or unless you live around the area but it's it's a very random store it's not open anymore yeah i was gonna say is it still open i haven't been to i don't think i've been to dandy plaza in years yeah when was the last time you went to dandy plaza i yeah i Gosh. don't recall as well i wonder if they're gonna like redo it make it look really fancy like every other shopping center True. like the Glen, but in dandy yeah mm. interesting yeah times yeah i love just like us two like little Vietnamese migrant kids working at surf stores. Exactly. Breaking stereotypes. Breaching out. That's it. Yeah. yeah. Um, yeah, so it's really good. Yeah. And, you know, and also like not not only did you help me with my career, <laughs> but you also, you know, helped with other different things like, um, you know, how to take public transport, you know, which my kid get and things like that. Like just little small things that like I didn't know how to do because I never had anyone else around me that... Um, went through those experiences so yeah it was really good yeah so you you, you mm-hmm. kind of yeah assisted with a lot of those things you might not remember or realize but um yeah oh thanks Phil. Ages. yeah well yeah like so it's very different because i'm the youngest by far oh yeah. the oldest yep but my brother's 13 years older Sorry. yeah so i'm a bit like uh a lot of people think i was an only child because my brother's so much older so. yeah and then my mom was a bit lazy when she got to me so she's like oh yeah you can do your own thing or you'll learn how to do that <laughs> just go ask people at the bus stop like, go to oh, your school well, she yeah. goes you go to christian school yeah everyone's yeah. nice <laughs> <laughs> that's how i learned how to take the bus she's like yeah just go to the local bus stop and follow the other kids <laughs> well yeah. i mean end up well I, I guess so <laughs> yeah well, that's good cool stuff 
Um, sweet. Okay. Well, moving on. So, in terms of you and yourself and what you do, um, yeah, can you explain a bit about that? Yeah. So, uh, I'm a paramedic. So, currently working. I've just actually Phil just caught me. I've just moved back to Melbourne. So yeah. it's been a long road, yep. hasn't it? Yeah. Yep. So it's the worldwide. No, hardly, hardly. But um, yeah. So so I finished uni and then I had like a ten months off, I think, and then I jetted off. I got a job in London, so I worked there, and then came back to Melbourne, and then I got a job in Shepparton. So I was working in the country for the last two and a quarter years, and I've just mm. moved back to Melbourne, like. Last week, the week before, yeah, two weeks. I've been back yep. in Melbourne for like, not even two full weeks yet. And mm-hmm. yeah, so I work in an ambulance and I think there's a lot of misconceptions about ambulance. So we work, we don't work out of hospitals. Some stations are close to hospitals, but um, ambulance, we work it out of an ambulance station or a branch, yep. ambulance branch. And mm. so local ones would be like, there's one near Ikea, there's a branch near there. Dandenong branches on Princess Highway. It's like that. And then when you get, when someone calls triple zero, the nearest ambulance goes. Yep. Yep. So, yeah. So, that's what I do for work. Um, uh, I do a bit of teaching as well on the side. Just Mm. casual teaching at um, ACU. Uh, Just teaching paramedics, which I love actually. Just like a nice, kind of like nice environment. And then, yeah. That's it, I think. Cool. Um... Okay. Do you remember when you chose to do? Yeah, yeah, I do actually. Um, so I actually, so if people actually know me, I probably uh, up until, I was kind of, uh, throughout high school, I was kind of really debating whether to go corporate or medical. So Corporate as in? Like, uh, more so marketing. I was going to do okay. marketing for yep. ages. Yeah. Mm. So my, my favorite thing to do in high school was go to go to university open days. It was like my thing. Oh, really? Yeah. I had like this, I started going in year 10 and I was obsessed and like, I loved August and July because that's like open day season. And like, you get to go get freebies, you get to hang out with your friends in the city and you get yeah. to like test all these courses. And like, I think typical, so we have a friend, Levy, she, she did physio. So she was a year above me. Yeah. Me. So I thought, oh, being a physio would be really cool. So I, th- I think year 12, I can't, like year 11 and 12, I really liked biology. It's my favorite subject. So... I probably pursued the health field. So I thought I wanted to be a physio. And then in year 12, I went to this thing at La Trobe University. I did like experience La Trobe. And so you get to pick three sessions. And so I chose physio, OT, and then the last session was MT. So I was going to choose nursing, but that was full. And at the time, my best friend was still my best friend, Lisa. Um, I have multiple best friends, so if people get annoyed by that. Phil <laughs> being one of them, so... <laughs> Um, so yeah, but yeah, a good friend of mine, Lisa, um, wanted to become a paramedic and she's always yeah. wanted to become a paramedic since we were in like year nine and 10. So I thought, oh, I'll check it out and see what it's about. And I did the physio session and I was like, this is the most boring thing in the oh, world. Wow. It's so slow. And I think if you know me, you probably could tell by how fast I talk is I'm a pretty fast paced person. I just can't do slow things. It just yeah. annoys me a little bit. So, and then I went to OT and that was even slower. Wow. And I was like, okay. And then I think, because they were so slow, contrast at the end, I went to the paramedic session and it was so fun. It was like fast paced. It's like, you know, you got this situation, you got t- two minutes to work out what you're going to do, go. And it was really fun. And you got to like talk to people on the table and you had all these pictures of like what gear you would use, what yeah. tools. And I was sold. And ever since then I was wow. like, and then I went to the Monash open day and the ambulance helicopter we call it hems hems helicopter landed at monash peninsula and i was like sold. that's it i was like you this is me. the coolest is like the coolest thing in the world yeah yeah so yeah and then ever since then so then i kind of got in and then it's been a whirlwind ever since wow yeah gosh i i kind of like i never thought it was not one of those things that i thought i was gonna do when i was a child like you know typical asian kid i was like i want to just be a doctor my looking now, I'm like, oh, thank God, I'm not a doctor. Well, for one, I'm not smart enough. But two, it's just, it's just really different. And even my job is very different. It's not all blood and guts, everybody. Like yeah. you think, it's like, yeah, it's just you. Like imagine everyone's life is really different. Everyone has really different upbringings. So some people, like in our, like I would say Vietnamese culture is very stoic. Like people don't really like to show pain. So 
you literally have to be dying to call an ambulance whereas other cultures they didn't have that so they didn't know what to do mm. or like some people call for like a stub toe or like <laughs> yeah it's crazy or yeah. like and then mental health is a big thing like obviously it's really more widely known now but yeah. i could do quite a bit of mental health in my job um and it's really hard to teach someone to deal with mental health it's very it's really it's all based on experience yeah so you know when i first became a parent i was like 22 and i was in a new city and i remember my mentor was like you just have to be as authentic as you can with mental health patients because if you if you're not like honest or you're not frank with them and you just kind of dance around they'll detect that and they won't trust you so so that's a big part of my job too is a lot wow. of it's a lot of talking yeah it's all i'm doing i don't really people think like oh yeah no, i have like i'm covered in blood most of the time but the, the most blood i get covered in is when i put an iv and like a you know to give people medication yep. and then their own blood comes out but that's my doing so wow, yeah. so yeah it's actually it's really interesting yeah so and it's a very it's a really good job so it's a bit saturated now with lots of students, but yeah, it's it's interesting. Yeah, it keeps me on our toes. And the best part of my job is every day is different. Yeah. Wow, that's good. Yeah. So that's what you want. Yeah. And I guess I do shift work as well, which is really different. So yeah. for those who don't know what shift work is, um, every week's different. So paramedics generally do four days on, four days off. Yep. So, and then usually finish on a night shift. So it's kind of like four and a half days on, three and a half days off. So um, every week is different. So so some, some months I work every weekend, some months I have every weekend off. Mm. So it's really hard. So, um, but they're long shifts. Like my working hours are like, so my, I would do like a 48 hour week, working week. That's, Sheesh. that's like standard. And then that doesn't count. Like if I get a call, late call, yeah, which I'm bound to get my new station. So you know, it's un, it's not uncommon for me to rack up like 50 hours, 55, sometimes 60, you know. So, yeah, so I think that part of the job is taxing, but I do get a lot of leave, which is nice. So, hey, nice. Um, wow, cool. Thanks for that um, detailed summary. Yeah, um, sorry. <laughs> no, no, it's good. Yeah. Um, Just a little plug on paramedics if anyone's interested. Yeah. Shout out to... Ambulance Victoria. Yeah. Um, so on that, you know, how you mentioned there are actually a lot of interesting things about, you know, being a paramedic. Um, what are some facts that you feel like people out there might not know about paramedics? And Yeah, facts about paramedics. Oh, that's an interesting one. Or like, yeah, yeah, just things on the job. Uh, I think uh, what I think what people think about paramedics is it's not... Like, it's very diverse now. So, it's no longer, you know, the paramedic workforce is very diverse with both men, women, people, like, on any, all spectrums of, like, yeah. even LGBT, like, yeah. you know. And then, racially, it's very diverse style. It's still, like, there's still quite a big Anglo population of paramedics. But, like, when my friend Lisa started, she's, Lisa's, like, female and Vietnamese background, Australian. Mm. And she was probably one of the only Asian girls, maybe out of, like, two or three in this whole east region and now there's quite a few yeah and so and same with me like when i was a student there was only maybe like a couple of asian male yep and now there's heaps yeah so it's quite diverse which is good um the job itself is like i said it's not all blood and guts yeah um and it's not all what we call high cutie which is like like really intense high stress medical work mm. Sometimes it's just kind of reassuring patients. It's sometimes I just I'm there to yeah, you know, just um help them out. I think what people um I kind of go to people at their most vulnerable state, which is because when people get to hospital, it's a very safe environment. It's controlled. Mm. There's nurses, doctors, security guards, you know. Every there's there's a bit like there's an actual building, there's beds, there's everything. Whereas we bring our equipment into people's houses or on the field or whatever. Like, as you would see. And so, it's quite raw, our job. So, I think that's probably the most confronting thing I found at the start is I walk into people's houses for a living. Yeah. And so, I they invite me in at when they're possibly at when they're the most scared or they are scared or they're worried about their health. So, yeah. I think that's part of the job is really interesting. And like any job, it becomes your job. 
and I sometimes I forget that I do that for yeah. work. Like I just when I put on my uniform and I go to Amman's, I just walk into people's houses and yeah. I forget how much of a privilege that is and an honor. So sometimes it's good to remind yourselves. And I think, yeah, like I think, especially being a paramedic, like you probably like people who work in healthcare get it all the time. Like, mm. oh, I'm such like you know, they, you get the oh, you do such a great job or you do such an honorable job and um kind of gets a bit diluted so i think it's really important sometimes for me to check myself and like actually it is a privilege it is an honor to do this and people trust you to do this so um and yeah like i said there's we do everything i do mental health i've delivered babies you know i've been to heart attacks strokes um but i've also been to stub toes (laughs) yeah uh i've been on you know, I've been on the footy field. I've been on the soccer pitch. <laughs> Where else have I been? Yeah, I've been in the country on a farm. Wow. So, yeah, a bit of everything. So, and sometimes, you know, it's, I, yeah, I've seen quite a bit of the human body. You know, I've been in situations where I've been drenched in in water, just to clarify. But, you yeah, know, like, yeah. <laughs> but like, you know, just there. Yeah. So, but... It's it's definitely an interesting job, and I think sometimes it can be taxing in the way of the time. Like I said, it's a, like you work a lot, but I'm really lucky in Victoria. We get a lot of leave, so yeah. so I try to make the most of it. And fatigue management is quite an important thing right now. So just managing your fatigue is really good, or I, I try to. But it's important. What else is interesting about my job? Uh, I think. It's just when you do a job, you forget that you're doing. You know, that's your your job. Like yep. sometimes when I like get a coffee, I'm like, why are people looking at me? <laughs> On in uniform, I'm like, yeah. oh, I'm in uniform. I just rocked up in an ambulance. Oh, they probably think something's going wrong. Yeah, yeah. I'm just here for a coffee. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, it's like just like when it becomes your job, you just forget about the exterior and everything. You're like, oh. Oh, okay. But then um, but yeah, there you go. It is. Yeah, it is a great job though. Yeah. Oh, cool. Um, a bit of a random question. Um, so for example, if you're in an ambulance and you're in a rush and you're getting called to a job, yes. um, you're obviously going to put your sirens on. Yeah. So, um, lights and sirens. Yeah. yeah. So cars move out of the way. Is it, um, do you get a fine if you don't move out of the way? Uh, no, you don't because, but as you would know, if... I have my lights and sirens on on the side of the road. Like, I'm stationary. Like, I'm dealing with... Oh, sorry. That's all good, yeah. So, I'm st- so if I'm stationary and I'm going to a job... Um, oh, sorry, I'm, not, I'm at a job. So, say say the side of a highway. Yeah. You have to... Like, the police, you have to go 40. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's the only That's a rule time. that not many people know about. Yeah, so if you see the police or lights and sirens or whatever, yeah. you have to go 40 when you go past. I always get confused, though, because, for example, if it's a freeway, right, or... A highway with one lane yeah do all the lanes have to slow down to 40 or is it the lane closest to the emergency lane i think all of the lanes yeah have to go. yeah that's what i mean and but i realize it's quite dangerous because like if i'm on the freeway and i'm driving 100 and then i see a cop on the side yeah. i slow down to 40 cars behind me might not expect so yeah i think when, being when safe to do so like yeah i think if you start to slow, then everyone else behind you starts yeah, to slow. Yeah, I think... So if you're the slow. first one, I think they'll understand. Yeah. It, it's crazy, yeah. Yeah. Because once... um, Yeah. Me, me and my mate Trevor, we got caught once. Because he didn't see it. But apparently it's like, you know, you have to slow down. It was a one-lane road. And I was like, uh, Trevor, I think you sped when you weren't supposed to. And I was like, no, no way. And the next minute you see these cops right behind us. Oh, yeah. Um, But yeah, no, it's... Yeah. Okay, that's interesting. So you can't get a fine if you don't move out of the way because i always panic whenever I, I i see or hear like fire truck or an amber it's like bro i have to move out of, the way, out of the way yeah so actually the best way to do it actually this is actually a really good point is um the ambulance and the fire truck will always try to start in the far right lane yeah unless they're turning in left yep so if you are in the far right lane and you see an ambulance or a fire truck just move over to the left, the left yep. as left as possible. So middle or if you're in a three lane, try to move to middle. And if you can try to move to the left. Yep. Then. Because if you think about it, if you move to the middle lane and the middle lane will have to move into the left. So everyone tries to yeah, push yeah. it. Because you're trying to clear a way for them. So, That's true. Um, 
And best not, so also, if you're sitting at a red light and you hear the sirens behind you, do not go, like, don't go past the red light where yeah. it's dangerous. If you can, like, kind of, like, shift a little bit over, but you're not really, but if you're, like, over, your car's, like, clearly over the, like, crossing, yeah. or you're, you're, the back of your car is over the crossing, then that's dangerous yeah. for everyone. So, but I think it's important that everyone drives safely around it, yeah. like, like, Literally, if you don't move, like, if you, it's unsafe for everyone to move. Yeah. And it only saves off a couple of seconds yeah. or, like, 30 seconds in the grand scheme of things. Mm. And so, another interesting thing is that, like, there's different types of ambulances as well. So, I work in a ambulance, a double man ambulance. Yeah. Which is t- normally two paramedics. Yeah. Um, in, in Metro Melbourne, it is. But we've also, have you ever seen, like, it used to be the Ford Territories, but now it's the Toyota Kluger. So there's a, sometimes if it says paramedic, it's just like a paramedic. So someone like me, Yeah. but there's different levels of paramedics. So there's graduate paramedic, para, ALS, advanced life support, which is myself. And then there's MICA. So MICA stands for mobile intensive care paramedic. Yep. And they're the type of, like the, they're the big guys, like they're the intensive care guys and they can, you know, they can sedate you and put you into a coma and breathe for you. Like they've got amazing drugs. Sheesh. And they're one of the most highly trained in Australia and in the world yep. in this as paramedics. Like they could do some crazy skills. Wow. So, so they, because they're in a smaller car, they can chop through traffic yeah. a bit faster. So then they actually, and they're faster as well because they're lighter. And they're yeah. Fa- so, yeah. So then, so yeah. So if you, there's different types of paramedics. Interesting. And different type of cars cool. as well. Sweet. Now, you know, mm. um, another random question. Uh, have you ever saved anyone's life? Uh, I think so. <laughs> oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. Well, like in, that's cool. In, in the essence that, yeah, like, like I've been to a like, yeah, I've been to someone having a heart attack. Yeah. And yeah. I guess that, that's my job. I don't. Wow. The misconception is I do it every day. Yeah. I, yeah. I don't. I, I put I put on a lot of band aids. Yeah. Um, uh, yeah. Yeah. I do. And I think it's really important. Like, I think that's the. I think when people become a paramedic, that's what they want. Is they want to save people's lives mm. and. So yeah, so it's, yeah, I have, which is really interesting. Wow, that's yeah, cool. and I don't say that often because I feel like that's a bit like almost obnoxious. But I guess it's part of my job description. Oh, is yeah. As a result of what I do, yeah, people do live and survive. Yep. Um, but yeah, but it's kind of like sometimes the human body is a really interesting thing, mm. and sometimes like we modern medicine is amazing at prolonging life, but sometimes when it's someone's time and their body's giving up, there's not much that you can do. Yeah. So, but we have all the parameters and all the drugs within our scope to help them. Yeah. Yeah. So yeah, so it is. Okay. Yeah. No, that's interesting. Yeah. Cause that's the other question I was going to ask you as well. On the other side, like, have you ever been to jobs where you weren't able to save the yeah. other person's lives? And obviously you would have. Yeah. 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 So that, that's probably the other side. Yeah. Is, uh, seeing death is another thing. So yep. yeah. And I, I think, and I think it's like, you know, like I said, it's not like all blood and gore. It's like, I do see the guy that, or the girl that dies in the car crash and everything, but you know, sometimes end of life, like palliative care is when you, someone is, they have a chronic condition, so they might mm. be cancer, they might have like MS if you have heard of it or, you know, something like that. And they start to, their body starts to waste away and it starts to like fade away and start to die. So palliative care is like you give them um, basically really strong medication to um, make them comfortable. So generally it's like a morphine or a sedative yeah. like a midazolam. And so uh, I see that as well. And I really struggled with that when I was a younger paramedic. I still am a quite a young paramedic, but when I first started because I was facing death, but as I get more experience, mm. uh, I find it really empowering for that person that they can die in dignity. And that's the really big thing is they can die on their own terms and they're yep. comfortable and they're not suffering. And so we see that too. But I guess that's the scale, isn't it? I see like, I say, like we get to help save people's lives, see death, and then it's full circle and I get to like help um, women give birth to their babies. Like yeah. they do the work and I just, I'm there to support them and catch the baby essentially at the end. So, yeah. So with that, so it, are you called when there's no midwife? Yeah, so um, usually people are really good, especially in Australia. Everyone drives, so um, people usually go to the hospital. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But sometimes they don't make it. 
Oh, and then that's where you come in. Yeah. Yeah. So, duh, yeah. so, so you're not in the hospital. So there's sometimes like, there's, there's typical the freeway baby where oh, they're sick. on the freeway and they have to pull over because yeah. it's happening. Uh, the car park baby in the car park for the ambulance uh, and the hospital. They made it to hospital, but <sighs> they couldn't make it. Or the um, at home baby. So uh, for all you budding parents out there, or if you're for you know everyone just some general information is your first child usually takes a while so you know usually generally women are in labor for a bit longer but if you have your second child it's faster and by the time you have your third or fourth child labor is really fast so it can be quite unpredictable and those are the ones we usually go to are the ones where they're like oh yep i felt the contractions oh no the baby's like coming within like 20 minutes or an hour and they didn't have time yeah so I call them rocket babies because they do come out really fast and you have to be really prepared. So, yeah. So I think we, it's, I guess in the essence, it's an emergency because they could make it. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So what's the wildest place that you've seen a baby get? Uh, the wildest place. Hmm. Uh, she was like my third day on the job. Oh my goodness. It's like this, we had to walk up like four stories and like, <laughs> like the stairway was so narrow that I had to hold my bag like in front of me and behind me. I yeah, couldn't yeah. hold him on the side. And like, yeah, then this lady, like this woman delivered her baby on, like at the top floor. And then we had to carry all the baby all the way down with oh. all our gear down to the bottom floor. And yeah, but you know, I've delivered at people's homes in the yeah. ambulance. Wow. Yeah. So really excited. It's actually my favorite job. People That's don't sick. like it. Paramedics don't really like it because usually when we go to it, something's gone wrong. But sometimes it's just either it's gone wrong or they could make it. So, but yeah. So then, but it's the only job where it's happy for us. Yeah. Like, do you know how we go to generally True. sick people? Where it's yeah. like, this is like, you just had a baby. Congratulations. Like, you know, hold your baby. And then, you know, if there's like a partner there or dad or, you know, husband or whoever or wife they can like cut the cord as well and yeah, it's a really true. exciting time and when it goes right which is like majority of the time yeah yes yeah, so there you go big variety of jobs wow that's um you know that's crazy and then so ob- sticking with uh your paramedic career so obviously after you finish uni you try to get a job with ambulance victoria uh, they were too full. Uh, is- no, that no, I so actually um, so I had two interviews. I had one with London Ambulance, yep. which was March, mm. and then Ambulance Victoria was May. So, okay, and I graduated like I finished like at the end of November, like everyone else. Yeah. Um, but you have to wait for your results. Oh, like I applied, but yeah. So I interviewed for London first, and London gave you an answer straight away. Okay. Back then, they gave you on the day. And then my friends were interviewing for Ambulance Victoria and it's it's a long process. Mm. So I just chose to go to London. Yeah. Oh, wow. So I actually didn't sit my Ambulance Victoria interview. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah. I promised, I actually, being a good Asian child, I promised my mum that I would apply for Ambulance Victoria. (gasps) I said, I'll apply for both. And and also as a security, like in case I didn't get London. But I think when I got London, it just felt like the right thing to do. Wow. And yeah, so, and I think like, it was like, for me, you know, like, so if, if you remember, like, 2014 was a really hard year for me. Like, my, you know, my uh, my mum's partner, like, you know, he passed away and he was like a father figure to me. Like, so I was really, really messed me up. And I just, like, I had to, like, and I was like, it was like the worst timing. I was like midway through my final year of uni. I was like turning 21 and it just was really messy. And so, and I was overloading that semester. So I think... Uh, after going through that year, I just really needed a change of scenery. Like I just, I didn't, I was still recovering and the grief process was, you know, like I, I kind of felt relatively normal by the time I applied for these positions, but I think I just needed a change of scenery and London was like the perfect thing for me. So, so yeah, so yeah. And so that happened. Yeah. That's crazy. And I remember when I got it, like my mum actually was, so uh, when we were in third year, they came and they interviewed and my mum didn't let me interview. <laughs> and then, and then my auntie was like, you should let him do it. Like, let him explore the world. Like, you yeah. know. And then, so she let me round two when I was finished. And then, so I chat up to my auntie. She actually, it's actually Corey's mum who convinced my mum to. Wow. Yeah. Yeah. To let me go. 
There you go. Now. And look, look where I am now. Yeah. Gosh, I was like six years ago. That's yeah. crazy. Yeah. Yeah. So obviously it's quite hard for her as well because you, mm. you were the only one living at home with her? Yeah. So yeah. I was the only one living at home with her, like I'm the youngest. Yeah. Yeah. So cost benefit, I was like, oh, is she going to be all right? But then, but then she had like a housemate come in afterwards. Yeah. Okay. And like my brother was close by and everything. My auntie was close by. So I think kind of like enough, like enough support for her, which yeah. is good. That's yeah. good. Yeah. And the whole London, the whole London experience for you, that was yeah. overall, how was that? Yeah. Extremely positive. It was hard. It was, I wouldn't, I, I wouldn't lie and say it was easy. Yeah. Anyone, I guess it's a bit hard now with COVID, but anyone that moves overseas, I would recommend that to have like expectations is going to be hard because, and, I, and actually it's really, made me really appreciative of people who moved to Melbourne. Yeah. Like one of our good friends, Jackie, when she moved to Melbourne, like from Canada or even from other states, I have friends that have moved from Perth or Malaysia, Singapore. Mm. It's, it's different when you move into a new city because um, the systems are different. And like, even though public transport's really, like good in London and all that stuff, just the ability to get, jump in my own car because I didn't have a, not a lot of people have cars in London. Yeah, and just drive somewhere. So I have to rely on public transport or Ubers or I rode my bike to work. Um, but in saying that, if it was amazing yeah. and I would do it all again. Yeah, but like yeah, but it definitely was tough. Like getting to coming to a new city and changing your language as well. Like I just thought, oh yeah, they're British, they speak English. Yeah, but it's really different. Like oh really. Simple things like, you know, like, like, you know, like chips, like, you know, like, what, like pa- packet of chips, you know, like, you know, crisp, like, like, you know, like, like salt and vinegar chips yeah. or like, you know, like, Red Rock like, Daily. yeah, they call that crisps, crisps. Yeah. I'm and not, yeah, crisps. Yeah. Or, and so they're not like chips. No, when you say chips, James, it's like hot chips, hot chips. Yeah. Or undies. They call, so they call und- undies pants. So, wow. so when we were all the Aussies first started, they're like, okay, yep. Do you put on some, pa- like, can you please just like put on some pants and your th- get your thongs and we'll go. And then the British people are like, did you just tell me to put on some underwear? Yeah. And, a, and thongs. A, like a, like a G-bag. Oh, yeah. <laughs> like a G-string. <laughs> and we're like, oh, no, 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 no. And like, you know, it was really, oh, yeah. So just check, like, oh. like small stuff like that. And like, if everyone's moving to London, getting a bank account back then was really hard. It's like, just really, it's a really big process to get a bank account. Jeez. Whereas like, it's actually really easy to get a bank account when you move to Australia. Like, if you come back, does it online and you get it, they send it to your address or whatever, you know, or you just go and collect it and you're done. So, but amazing. I made some such amazing friends. Uh, Phil actually came to visit me and so stayed in my house, my amazing Buxton Road house. October 2017. Yeah. I think January 2017, Jan, Feb. Oh no, oh my, see, he gets my memory. No, it was, it was, it was February, Feb, Feb, oh yeah, my gosh. Yeah. Why did I think of October? I That's when I left. I left in October. <laughs> yeah, I left in October. Yeah. But um, no, no. so it's actually funny, sorry, they're actually um, about to return the house actually. It's, yeah. They're moving on, the boys. Oh really? The Buxton boys are moving on, so yeah. Yeah. And so just for those people out there, so there were... Uh, yes, so there was uh, five of us. We were all Australian. Yeah. We were all boys. And we lived on the... was Buxton. That's it. Uh, Buxton Road in London. And so we called us, uh, ourselves the Buxton Boys. That's it. And everyone just knew that. Like, because there's lots of Aussies and, you know, our colleagues all knew of our house. Mm. We used to, like, host this thing on Tuesdays. I think you ha- we went to one where, like, it's called Chew, like, C-H-E-W-S, Tuesdays. Like, you chew. And, like, everyone brings a potluck dinner. And so it's, we would always invite new paramedics or just our friends to come over. And it used to be really nice just to like hang out on a Tuesday night and just eat. And it was really nice to get to know new people. And yeah, it was cool. That's cool. It was a really nice communal house. And yeah, the, the boys were really cool. Like Phil, Nancy and Amanda got to hang out with them. Actually, I had to go to... when On their way back from their trip, I had to go to work on one of the nights. Yeah. And I just left them with my housemates. And yeah, they had it was fun. Yeah, that was a fun night. Yeah. Good old time with the Aussies. Yeah, yeah. no, it was good. Yeah. Um, yeah, okay. Oh, so overall, your time in London was obviously really, really good. Yeah, um, yeah, amazing, yeah. I learned so much about myself, yeah. like what it feels like to live away from home, to be independent. Um, yeah, it's really, really good. Um, and just the challenges of being overseas. But 
it was also amazing travel. Mm. Like, like I said, COVID's changed everything, but in the future, like, just do it. Like, it's so, like, just, I flew to, like, some places, like, you you know how yeah. cheap it is. Like, like what, like 150 bucks and you can be anywhere. But, like, I remember I flew to France, this, like, coastal town in France, which was on the, fr- on the, so we needed to go to a town in Spain, but it was cheaper to fly to this random town in France and catch a one-hour bus. Yeah. And it cost me, return flights were, like, 50 bucks. Wow. And the bus, my bus ticket to get to the airport was more expensive than the yeah. flight itself. It was, yeah, 15 pounds return, uh, each way. It's crazy. Nuts. Yeah. So there you go. Wow. Yeah. That's crazy. Um, did you ever miss Melbourne? Yeah, I did. Yeah. Yeah, I did. I, um, I'm a Melbourne boy at heart. Yeah. So very, very, very blessed to have lived in London and then live in Shepparton. Gives me lots of like, um, exposure and, but I really, each time I move away from home, I just appreciate it more. Mm. I think what people would take advantage of is Melbourne's a really easy city to live in. It is. Like, and it's really, you can like, you can make it here. Like I remember I came home to visit once and I caught an Uber and it kind of was a really pivotal moment of my life when this Uber driver was like this refugee and he goes, yeah, yeah. I like got on a boat by myself and then, you know, I was at Christmas Island and obviously this is not everyone's story. This is a bit of a glamour story. Like people have a really tough time in immigration and, you know, and our parents are immigrants as well. Yep. But he goes, yeah, now. And then I worked really hard at my, like this job, saved up for a car and now I'm an Uber driver and I make like, he was making more than me as an Uber driver. Um, back then when Uber was a bit more lucrative mm. and he's like, yeah, like I make this much, like, you know, I've got a girlfriend. My life's great. Like this is the best country in the world. Like I was yeah. like, yeah, it is. Like, you were literally, you got on a boat and you went to Christmas Island and now you like run essentially your own business and you're like, you're the master of your own future. And I feel like that would be a bit harder in London because it's so expensive. Yeah. And I think it's given me a lot of pride in being Australian that they literally like, our, like, like our parents had nothing and within a, yeah. like within a couple of years, he's there like doing his own gig. And so I think in that essence, I love Melbourne as a city. It's just easy. And obviously my friends and family are here. But, yeah. And it's five years ago. It's different now. But yeah, no, I just, I think it, life can be quite easy. And if you make certain sacrifices at the start, you can actually really achieve your goals here. Um, so yeah, I really, that's good. I love Melbourne. Yeah. True, true and through Melbourneian. Yep. That's it. Um, yeah. And then obviously after your time in London came to an end, you, we turned back to Melbourne. Um, were you always in, like, did you always intend to go straight to Shepparton or no. Metro? So, yeah, so the goal would have been uh, Metro. So, okay, yeah. So, Ambulance is split into rural and Metro. Yep. Yep. So, and it's one organization, but it used to be like many, and then they kind of went Metro, rural, and then all at once. Yep. So, it used to be like per region. And, so generally, um, if you come back, because I come back as a qualified paramedic, so there's two streams. There's a graduate, like fresh out of uni or qualified. And usually as a qualified, you have to do a stint in rural because they're the hard-to-fill spots. But I was really lucky. I didn't go to a hard-to-fill rural station. Okay. So Shepparton is quite close. It's only two hours from the city, two and a half from the east side, southeast. So it's really easy, actually. Like I could have I could have got Mildura. I could have got like Horsham, which is four hours away. Or yeah. I actually did get offered somewhere a bit closer, which is Traralgon, which is only an hour and forty. Yeah. But my my best friend at uni, Ash, who uh, you've met as well, yeah, you mm. said, yeah, she lives up there. So I just thought it'd be nice to have someone I knew. So, yeah. yeah. So when they offered me the job, they're like, I have Traralgon. I'm like, oh, do you have Shepparton by any chance? And I never ask. <sighs> so I'm a really like get what you get t- given type of guy. But yeah. I actually asked and they're like, put the phone, they're like, oh yeah, we do. We've got one spot left, you have to answer well, straight away. And I'm like, can I make some calls? And they're like, really forceful. They're like, no. Like, we kind of need to know straight away. And I'm like, but I was actually at working a job and I was at work when I answered the phone. So then I was like, oh, I'm at work. And they're like, oh, give us a call back for 15 minutes. Oh, wow, 15 minutes. So I rushed up, did my work and then called everybody. And obviously no one picked up. So, <laughs> and then eventually all the calls started streaming in. And yeah, wow, the rest is history. Ah, that's crazy. Um, nah. Yeah. So yeah, that's... 
Uh, also, for those that shout out, rural's actually, if you do go to rural for your job, if you, mm. whether in healthcare or whatever, obviously low expectations as well. Like, But it's actually a really good experience to experience because life is different in rural Australia. Yeah. It's definitely slower. So a lot of people go and say it's boring, but I think when you go, you should embrace that. I feel like I'm a, like I wouldn't say I'm a chill person at nature, but I became more chill when I was wow. rural because you just learn to be more chill. Like there's no rush. There's no traffic. Yeah. You find a parking when you go into town or, yeah. you know, if you don't find a parking, you do a lap and you actually will find a parking. Yeah. And stuff like that. Like just, just learning just to just sit there and go for a walk or not have to rush to places is really nice. It's just crazy because you move from London to Shep. Yeah. So pretty much so. Yeah. Literally from like crazy go, 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 like 12 million people in yeah. one city to like 70,000. It's crazy. Yeah. So yeah. So it was good. I really enjoyed it. So now, and now I'm back in Melbourne. So back into the hustle. There hustle. you go. Yeah. Wow. We. Whew. How are we going for time? What a big section. Oh, no, it's fine. Yeah. You I, just I cut just it have, out. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, yeah have one more yeah. section, but, um, no, nah, cool. Wow. Thanks for sharing all that. Uh, do you need more water, mate? No, I'm good. Dehydrate? I know. I do talk a lot. <laughs> uh, it's all I good. I mean, it's a podcast, so. Yeah. Be weird if you didn't talk. Um, cool. Completely switching gears. Um, it's a pretty interesting topic, but, um, what I have here for my heading is Asians or Asian forward slash whitewashed. <laughs> I'm, I'm, I'm like, I don't know w- what exactly you think I might talk about, but, um, Oh, I think I know. <laughs> yeah. So obviously you're Vietnamese. Um, yeah. So your upbringing in Victoria, in Australia was just your typical Viet kid. Yeah. So. And like, yeah, I, I didn't know English when yeah. I came to primary school. And I was born in Australia. Oh, well. really? Yeah. I think I didn't have, like, so obviously my brother was older. So, yeah. So I didn't have, I kind of felt like an only child because he was always working when I was a kid. Or, like, he was at, when I was younger, he was at school and then he went to work. Mm. Um, Yeah, I think I probably grew up a very typical Asian-Australian, like, Asians, yeah. grew up Asian-Australian story. Like, you know, like, very Vietnamese. Like, we spoke Vietnamese at home. Mm. And so, yeah, definitely growing up, it's more that story. Like, and I grew up in Springvale. So, yeah, like, I grew, I, like, I, I still to this day, like, I still live in Springvale. Like, I live in Springvale South now. And I walk to, through Springvale and I don't speak English. Like, I always find it funny that I order in Vietnamese. But I, you always get better stuff when you order in Vietnamese. Or better really? Stuff. Actually? Yeah. Or better service. Like, they can't just... Because, oh. like, although if you do order in English, sometimes they don't think that you know Vietnamese and... They like slag you off, and you can understand them, but because we kind of look Viet, so they won't do that. But yeah, no, like they always treat you better. I reckon. Really? Oh. Like at Bun Bun, when you order in Vietnamese, they're always <laughs> like, "Oh yeah, we can't just like shove stuff in this roll." Like you know, we get like, well, oh, yeah. Um, but yeah, so definitely that upbringing was different to my fr- Anglo white friends, yeah, Caucasian friends, very yeah. different, and like, and obviously, like we, like I. Like we didn't grow up with we weren't wealthy, but we yeah we probably we had to be struggled when I grew up as well, like with money and stuff. So there were years where we did really struggle. So I think that was really nice upbringing to learn like your roots yeah, and like it. to how to appreciate life and money and all that stuff. So so like I think that's probably why like I get told sometimes that I'm a bit like bouge with how like I like to eat out a lot and stuff but I think it's some people yeah. have that hard life and they compensate and they're like save up because they know how hard yeah. it can get whereas I'm the opposite I'm like oh like I still have savings for like you know like we had a, we had a rough so let's just yeah. a little bit sometimes yeah but um but yeah no no oh, I so it's just your average yeah Asian upbringing you know you were into the typical things that other Asian kids were into like Oh uh, yeah, I played Maple Story. That's it. Did you? Was it Gunbound? Is the other yes, one? Yes, Gunbound. Oh yes, the OG not, days. Yes, which if people don't know, Gunbound's kind of like Worms, the game, but with instead of you're a worm, you're on a machine. Yeah. And yeah, um, yeah, and then Times. I think it's actually when I started at McDonald's because I also I worked at Mulgrave McDonald's, yeah. which is more uh, white. Yeah, like more Caucasian. Yeah, definitely. And then I, um, and they kind of exposed me to their world. Yeah. And it's very different to my world. And That's I was like it. this conservative Christian <laughs> yeah. Asian kid. And they're like, like I said, we were like, oh, James, come out. Like, we're going to go for drinks. And I'm like, 
oh no my mum won't let me go to the party or <laughs> that's it i can't go underage drinking yeah and i remember one time they're like oh come hang out with us i'm like we're not gonna even drink and i'm like well wow. i'm sorry my mum won't let me like really strict oh bless oh. yeah and then yeah funny times and oh, that's then, crazy but i think and then it's actually when i started at uni was really when the transition because obviously my course was heavily like there was like three four asians in my whole course out of like Hundreds of thousands. Like 120 people. Oh, 100. Yeah, yeah. sorry. It's a bit too much. Yeah. Yeah, but actually the university it's, itself was also like either international students or like yeah. pretty Caucasian, AC is pretty Caucasian. Uh, Caucasian, sorry. And so, yeah. So, yeah. And I remember like even, so the topic of Asian whitewash. So when I first went to uni, my friends, they're like really, like Asians are really timid. Like I was yeah. just reading this article today and they're like, Asians don't like to lose face, so we're very like don't we're not blunt. We're very yeah. anti-confrontational. Definitely. Whereas I think, it uh, like core Aussie culture is very like straightforward. Mm. Like they just call things as it is. Yeah. And so I remember my friends were like, James, your hugs are like really cold. Like a little bit like you're just so stiff. <laughs> you just need to like relax your shoulders and embrace. Yeah. And like, I didn't even realize that because we don't really hug each other. Yeah, like, that's it. I'm like, oh, like Amanda. Like we have a group of friends, and one of our friends is like, oh rib crushing hugger but then otherwise i'm the other hugger ish yeah and yeah but then like i went from like never hugging my friends or sometimes to like every time you see like your friends at uni which is every day yeah like a hug and a kiss uh-huh, it's like yeah. you know like 10 people a day That's you know? it. and i'm like and you, like it was so strange yeah. at the start but then you get used to it oh yeah yeah okay and then so and then like just using like aussie slang like arvo or, oh yeah i'll see you in the arvo or like mate like you know yeah and like i never really use the word mate. oh really yeah i probably because i like i'm not i wasn't really into like footy culture footy or, okay yeah, no, and fair then. enough but then so yeah just stuff, stuff like that and then through uni and then i like obviously worked in country victoria so yeah very oh okay but then i think and then when i moved to london i lived with four other like caucasian white aussie yeah. boys and it was even more aussie yeah so when i came back everyone's like expecting me to have like a british accent to visit and I had a more Aussie accent because I was living with the boys. Yeah. And mm-hmm. they were, yeah. That's good. But yeah, I definitely think I'm more whitewashed than your typical... Really? I oh, think that's interesting. Yeah. Typical Asian growing up now, oh. probably now. Yeah. Yeah. Probably because... And I like ha- probably have lived outside of home with more Caucasian people. Yeah. So, yeah. No, that's interesting. Um, Would you, do you think I'm whitewashed? No, I feel like you can switch it. Like, I feel like for you, it's like a switch. It is, yeah. So on and off, which is crazy because you know, things like you know, as you mentioned before, like sometimes you like you like to splurge on things, yeah. But then you also like to go out with me to Springvale to the local joint that serves meals for seven bucks, and you're completely happy with that. So it's my it's favorite. crazy. It's my favorite. Thing. Yeah. So in a way, that's what I find crazy. Um, so you're kind of like a hybrid in a way. Um, and you can kind of switch on and off, which I find very interesting. Yeah. Well definitely I definitely know my roots yeah I think that's important that's I, good I'm like I remember saying one of our good friends Mel who's on the she's on one of the podcasts um, and she was like, like oh Mel sometimes I get scared that if I move to like a really nice area yeah that I'll just like get all snobby and she goes no James we'll be there to remind you where you're from that's it from Springvale and I'm kind of like my mum lives in Springvale and and I love it like I love Springvale I love how like fresh the produce is and I love how cheap the food yeah, is yeah that's it and I just, it's like, it's what I grow up in. It's authentic. It's real. It's not put on. That's yeah. good. Yeah. And I always get better deals in Springvale. Like I get a really good, like my phone bill is really good. And there like my go. friends are always like, how'd you get that good phone bill? Like a deal. I was like, my Springvale lady got rid of me. Oh, <laughs> you know? There you go. So, yeah. So you always, you know, it's always, people look after you in Springvale. That's good. See, that, that, that's kind of cool that you choose to embrace, you know, your Asian roots because some other people especially once they go a bit more whitewashed they kind of like like to steer away or you know they're kind of a bit like embarrassed in a way um Mm -hmm. you know words for you like you'd love to show your mates around Springville and you know and Mm -hmm. show them all these awesome things about your culture right like that's something that you've kind of embraced and yeah I think yeah as an adult, yes. Probably. Yeah. I, I think as a teenager, I struggled with that. Like, I just, yeah. obviously, as a teenager, you want to conform with everybody. True. No, you're right. You want to just be part of... Or, it actually wasn't... I I didn't actually feel... 
like I really struggled when I went to uni feeling Australian because I was always the Asian guy, mm. especially at uni. Yeah. Um, and it wasn't like, it's just so different, especially because like when you, your upbringing is so different. Yeah. And then I, it wasn't until I went on this trip overseas and then they're like, where are you from? And I'm like, well, I'm Australian. Yeah. And they're like, oh, and then especially in, when I went to India with my mates and like, I'm Australian. They're like, you're not from China. I'm like, Australia. And they're like, Ricky Ponting. I'm like, yes, Australia. Whoa. And I just like that. Then I really th- felt like, yeah, well, I am Australian oh, in Australia. Obviously I'm Asian Australian, but overseas I'm just Australian. Mm. And I, and then when I worked in London as well, everyone thought I was Filipino. Like, <laughs> oh yeah, you're a Filipino health worker. And I'm like, no, 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 I'm Australian. Yeah. And so a funny story, I, um, I went to this lady and she was, she was having a mental health issue and she goes, where are you from? I'm like, Australia. And she's like, no, you're lying to me. <laughs> and I was like, no, no. And I somehow, I think I had my license, I just come back from Australia and my Aussie license was still in my pocket. And I was like, no, I'll show you, I'll show you my Australian license. And I gave it to her. Like, <laughs> and she's like, this is fake. <laughs> And I was like, "Jeez, wait, was she?" Uh, she was, yeah. She was just kind of a bit, in a sense, she was a bit delusional because of her mental health problem. Oh. But I think I was just like so caught up. I was like, "No, I'm trying to." Oh. But then I realized, I'm like, actually, you're, like your mi- your mind's like in the right state right now. But it was, it wasn't like it was kind of funny. So it was kind of like a oh, yeah. nice back and forth. Yeah. So that, that's the thing about my job as well. I have really funny conversations with patients, and mm. yeah. So that was another moment when I was like, yeah. I am Australian. Like, so I'm, I'm really proud to be Australian. That's it. And I think it's for, our parents are the same as well. Like I grew up, my mum is really proud Australian. Yeah. Like she thinks it's like, well, she, she, in her mind, which in my mind as well, we live in the best country in the world, which we do. Like she goes, yeah. I just live in the best country in the world. Like look at like all the Americans and the UK. It's just hard. Like our life isn't hard. Like even though we've hustled and everything, yeah, it's pretty sweet. So yeah, I completely agree. Yeah. Uh, yeah, that's same with my parents. I mean, come to my house and you could tell by the front lawn. Um, they're um, very patriotic. They're very true blue. Yeah. Um, if people don't know, Phil's parents have the Australian flag in pebbles on their front yard. It's insane. And my my cousin used to be an architect in this area, and they she used to think that they, this house was like full of like true blue bogans. Yeah. <laughs> Needless to say, she was very uh, surprised when I said it was not oh, like Vietnamese migrants. Yeah, just, Abs- yeah, exactly. You can't get any more view than us, but yeah, no, uh, it's crazy. Yeah, it's good. No, nah. yeah, but yeah, I mean, you know, if you guys are around Springville and would like more tips, feel free to slide into James's Instagram <laughs> messages, slide into the DMs, and then he can give you some tips. Oh, or Phil's as well. Phil knows some pretty good cheap eats as well. You know. Oh yeah, yeah. How do you actually? But um, yeah, yeah, definitely. If you if feel free you want- to ask us. Yeah. Yeah, do you know what my my friends actually in the country have? They've actually said I should start like a food touring business, where like you take country people on like Melbourne too. Dude, food. that'd be lit. Yeah, that'd be, oh, that'd be. It's actually kind of my my dream actually to start kind of like a just a food tour. tasting business, like just going around taking people on tours, yeah. and tasting food around Melbourne. Maybe, yeah. maybe a side hustle. You never know. Oh, really? Yeah, everyone has a side hustle. Feels <laughs> some friends, so you're inspiring me. Oh, that's good. Wow. Well. All right, James. I think that's the that's the that's the end of the podcast. I mean, yeah. I mean, we could have kept going. How, many, how long is it now? Gosh. Time is time. Yeah, it's, it's a bit of an hour, but um, oh, yeah, with a bit of editing. Yeah, time flies, but yeah, yeah. Thanks again for sharing about you know your all the experiences that you've had. Um, I'm sure we've all learned a bit more about paramedics and what you guys do. Um. Yeah, no, I really appreciate it, James. Oh, thank you. Thanks for having me. This has been fun. No, yeah. It's all good. No. Any think, last words or? Uh, any last words? Um, no, I think, you know, um, I think it's, a bit, it's been a hard year and, you know, yeah. for everybody. So I definitely uh, just, we were just saying the other night, just appreciate, like, you know, it's very cliche, but like, appreciate your freedom, everyone, you know, like, go out there, support your local businesses support those you know restaurants are really struggling and you know if you ha- did manage to keep your job last year and this year you know mm. go out there and if your local businesses are struggling go support them more and yeah because i think this next year is going to be really telling for all of us you know what what happens and there's gonna be a lot of businesses closing and all that stuff so yeah having like i'm really 
I'm very lucky, and so you feel that we got to keep our jobs, and we'll, our jobs always exist. They're all, yeah. Like we said, accountants and paramedics, you need, always need them. True. <laughs> so, um, yeah, that's why we, if I, any last thoughts is, you know, if you did keep keep supporting local, I know there was a big thing through COVID, but that's keep it. doing it, guys. Yeah. yeah. That's it. All that's right. It. Cool. Cool. So, yeah. Well, thanks, James, for coming on. Yeah. And thank you guys for tuning in. Um, yeah. Hope you guys enjoyed it and uh, I'll catch you on the next episode. All right. See you guys. Bye.